Hello everyone, I'm Alex Majorana. And I'm Sydney Lynch. And this is Little Known Tracks. This week we talk to Philly-based funk hip-hop artist and founder of Altruistic Vision, Tim Jones. Despite his lack of math skills, he found himself building decks on strange slants and a tank for his lizard. His musical journey started on drums and found its way through orchestras, jazz bands, and a mastery of guitar out of spite. He founded Altruistic Vision Music Collective in Delaware County, gathering individuals with a passion for performance and a wide range of skills. Tim is currently working on a concept album, Hustlin' and Cussin', about the flow of his typical workday, and plans to release it this year. Without further ado, Hustle Hunting by Tim Jones. Welcome to Dark Shades Radio. We are hosted at the Waffle House. I am your host, Tim Jones. That is T to the I to the M to the Jones. Y'all needed a broke nigga anthem? Well, here one is. Slow money, that's way better than no money. That keeps me going while I'm busy out here hustle hunting. Slow money, that's way better than no money. That keeps me going while I'm busy out here hustle hunting. Slow money, that's way better than no money. That keeps me going while I'm busy out here hustle hunting. Slow money, that's way better than no money. That keeps me going. Well, the days used to be slower, but now I'm getting older. Don't know how this concept of time ever took over. It's been a while since I sat and wrote my raps on this bus, but I'm at that time in my life where I stopped giving a fuck. So now I'm dismissing permission, tactician with cognition. This AV expedition's my main mission. I got tunnel vision. People say they fuck with you before that Liu Kang. Well, they lie, it's with kicks and two fists from Liu Kang. The minds with who I'm aligned combine rhymes that inspire mine. No wonder y'all think I'm divine. My body ain't be a temple, but I'm the one to whom it's devoted. So I don't mind when I do a little smoke another potent. Now I'm the longest pole in the tent. Y'all drinking Kool-Aid, but don't know what's mixed in. From my constant motion, a commotion will arise. Even on the days when the sun don't shine. Slow money, that's way better than no money. That keeps me going while I'm busy out here hustle hunting. Slow money, that's way better than no money. That keeps me going while I'm busy out here hustle hunting. Slow money, that's way better than no money. That keeps me going while I'm busy out here hustle hunting. Slow money, that's way better than no money. That keeps me going. Now I could never wear my heart on my sleeve. I roll my soul tightly in the sleep and went and got the bark from the tree from the hill that bleeds. Now I'ma sit and sit this in some tea while I meditate and smoke my weed and think about what I need. People tell me I'm the shit and I respond, I know. Rolls to the cracks of the concrete, watch me grow. While I'm busy destroying this propaganda from fascists, I smack my girls, ask for luck before I speak to the masses. And these MCs so sweet, you think they molasses. Don't try to speak to me when you see I'm wearing sunglasses. I'm a prospect that can't be top yet, bitch. I'm tired of y'all dropping all of this lame ass shit. Slow money, that's way better than no money. That keeps me going while I'm busy out here hustle hunting. Slow money, that's way better than no money. That's way better than no money. That keeps me going while I'm busy out here hustle hunting. Slow money, that's way better than no money. That keeps me going. I'm filled with no ill will, just a shit ton of common sense and an obsession with compressing my emotions to be illiterate. My pen descends an attempt to make a mess or pass into the form to make cream as a means to the ends. My brain strains to hide my pain and made a change to y'all think I'm insane. All while I'm raining game, what the Chiba Achi opens my third out of seat that my perceived reality can be however it be. So I don't let that little shit stress. Y'all flex to look your best, but straight look in the mess. I ain't smiled in a while, but that'll be alright. Cause I still wake up every morning and my L's are pearl tight. 
this technique and I'm excited to see what's in store for me. So I'ma keep coming through, rocking the place all while I push AV all up in your face. Tim Jones, thank you so much for being on with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm incredibly excited. So the first thing that we want to talk to you a little bit about was you said um, you enjoy building stuff and also woodwork. And those were two separate things. So I'm curious what those mean as separate entities and like what they mean maybe as the same. Um, So I'm a general contractor. That's my normal job. I am a carpenter. So I love woodwork and I also love building things like Legos because I'm a nerd. Um, So like, you know, I make things like I actually have one right here. I make ashtrays and stuff like that. Oh, cool. (laughs) That's something that like I wanted to start getting into and start doing more of. Um, And when it comes to building stuff, you know, like I started building one of my lizards a tank just because that was something that I wanted to try to do and just try to mess with because when I'm bored, I like to I like puzzles. And building stuff is the ultimate puzzle. Like, if you're having issues with Ikea furniture, call me. I'm there. <laughs> I feel like those are two of the most unconventional, like, examples. Because, like, I heard carpentry. I was like, oh, like, shelves, cabinets. And you're like, no, here's a lizard tank and an ashtray that I made all by myself. Yeah. So, like, what kind of, like, unconventional projects do you have in the works right now? Um, Right now, it's actually a secret. So... Um, okay, my girlfriend's gone. So <laughs> I'm working on making a weed tray and I want to like dig into the wood and then pour, um, I can't remember what it's called, but it's like this polyurethane that adds color to it. And then I'm going to stain over it and polyurethane over it. So that way it's like, you know, it doesn't get affected by anything that's on it. So that's what I'm working on right now. Okay. Explain to me what a weed tray is. <laughs> um, so for professional smokers like myself, uh, we tend to have lots of toys. And one of those toys is trays just because, you know, it's a mess breaking it down and rolling it on your lap. You get it all over yourself. So I have a collection of trays. It's actually really bad. I probably have about like eight or nine. Um, two of them, my face are on them. <laughs> <laughs> From your own purchase, or were they gifts? They were like, gifts. They okay. Were gifts. okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> they were 100% gifts. Uh, it's not vain my- if someone else got it for you. <laughs> yeah, they just were like, oh, we know you would think this is cool. And I'm like, yeah, I didn't think it was cool. Like, I'm a rapper. Anything with my face on it is awesome. Like, I had lighters, too. I have coasters. I have socks. I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever. I love it. I and all like- of those were gifts. <laughs> Like, getting somebody a gift with their face on it is, like, the automatic way to get them to like it. Like, no a matter what it is, percent. they're going to be like, oh, my God, this looks great. If someone came me, up to I me, I can't say I don't like it. Exactly. 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 Someone came up to me and was like, here's a $5 t-shirt with your face on it. I'm going to be like, fuck yeah. <laughs> so what would, you, what would you say is maybe, like, the craziest or, like, most interesting thing that you've built? Mm. So I'm going to go to work something instead of like something that I've personally done because I just did a whole entire deck at my boss's dad's house. And 
the angles and intricacy of it was just the coolest thing that I've ever had to do because I'm very new to like structural engineering and seeing the blueprints of how everything's made. So they're walking me through the whole entire process of how they're designing the deck, how we're going to do the actual deck. And then the process of doing the cuts in the building was probably the most confusing moments that I've ever had because I'm used to simple like 45, 45, and it goes in and we're set. And they're like, oh, no, because of, you know, where we're digging, you have to do a 28 degree angle over here, but a 36 degree over here. And I'm like, the math is not mathing and I am uncomfortable <laughs> right now. So that was probably and it took us from the beginning of the designs to actually finishing it with like painting and all of that took us like two months. Wow. wow. Yeah, that's a lot of yeah, math to project. do in two months. <laughs> two yeah. months. <laughs> yeah, and I hate math, so having to do it every day. <laughs> to everybody listening, do out, pay attention in algebra class because <laughs> it will come into life. I promise you. So is this is this like um, wacky looking, or is it just because of like the way that like the like landscape oh, it's was that you had? Completely wacky looking. It is completely wacky looking. The house was built in the 70s during the hippie era and my boss's dad was an architect who was also a hippie nice. so this whole entire house was like set up to be like the artist's dream house so the entire backyard is crazily shaped it's like if a hexagon you know decided that it wanted to have an extra two side two and a half sides so like whatever seven sides and a half would it be. I don't know the yeah. name for that shape. <laughs> and it's just so weird because the way that he had the land actually set up, there's three different hills that go down from the patio back doors. So it's like, it's just crazy. Everything in the house is, he has one of those like talking pits in the living room with a fireplace. Like it's so seventies stoner. It's cool. When it. you said like seventies architecture is supposed to be this house and stuff, that was my first thought too. Was like there's definitely <laughs> like a sunken conversation yes, pit or something in that there's, house. There's two. There's one upstairs and downstairs. <laughs> Why do you need that? <laughs> a lot of conversations. A lot of stuff yeah, to talk a about. Lot of, a lot of conversations. <laughs> I mean you said you like puzzles. I love so. puzzles. You, I think you got like two months worth of it. Yeah, and it was excruciating. It was a headache, but I loved every moment of it. Yeah, if you can do that, every project will be a breeze from now on. Exactly. <laughs> you would think that. And then I start working with concrete and have to figure out steps. And I'm like, what? I have to build up a mud hill? Like, oh, God, that was so much work. So, so much work. Yeah, we go to we... college, get a degree. <laughs> Don't go into trade. <laughs> We like don't often talk to people about uh, their work, um, and I think it's very interesting that your work is something that you are like actively interested in. But yeah, I think that's I think that's super cool that you are as like invested in your job as you are, and you kind of seem to be able to take the skills from the job and use them in your own personal life. I feel like it's very important for everyone to love their job. I've had so many jobs since I've been a teenager and I'm very adamant on not doing things that I don't like to do. 
<laughs> so I've gone to jobs and been like, you know, stayed like a year and been like, all right, this sucks. I'm leaving. And just gone through so many things that it's like all of my elders in my life have been like, oh, you know, just do what makes you happy. So I'm like, all right, whatever. I'm just going to try doing, you know, general contracting and see if it's something that actually is fulfilling. And because of everything that I've been able to figure out inside of it, more than just being like, hey, can you build this? It's a very fulfilling thing. Like when customers tell you like, oh my God, you changed how my whole house looks. I love this renovation. Like this looks so good. This looks so much better. Like seeing the joy in their eyes is what makes it worth it. Plus, I don't have to go to the gym. I, my job is a workout. <laughs> my job Fair is enough. a workout. Honestly. <laughs> I will always be in shape as long as I take care of myself. Now, uh, you, you also told us, um, you said you're a nerd. You like building Legos and stuff. But you also told us you like playing Pokemon. I am a huge Pokemon fan. I was just playing Pokemon right before this. Which one? What do you, what do you play? And is it the new one? Or are you all old, old school? I am playing Brilliant Diamond right now. So it's the Switch remaster of Diamond. Uh, I just finished Arceus, <laughs> like, maybe a month ago. <laughs> and then for Christmas, my girlfriend Kate got me Diamond because it was, when that came out, it was like a revitalization, revitalization of Pokemon for me because I was still stuck on Crystal and Ruby and all of the older games. And then I got a Nintendo DS and they were like, new Pokemon? And I was like, okay, cool. So it was very nostalgic to be playing through it. Plus the updates on the Switch makes it so much cooler. So it's like I get the nostalgia hit of dopamine and also the enjoyment of playing kind of a new game. Yeah, it definitely had some new, fun, little interesting things. The way they did the underground was interesting. But Oh, yeah, I love it. The fact that they added new Pokemon and you can like go around in the secret areas. Oh, my God, I love it. Favorite Pokemon? Lucario. Okay, <laughs> that was that was so fast without hesitation. There is no You've been question. thinking about that one. <laughs> oh yeah, like anytime it's anytime anyone asks me, the first two answers are Bulbasaur or Lucario. Always, I I can relate to to um having like Diamond and Pearl be like a revitalization of Pokemon. Also, so like. Weavile is for me, and Weavile was also Diamond and Pearl. So uh, that's, like, yeah. where I'm – that's where I stay. <laughs> nice. I remember literally, like, 20 minutes ago I was playing, and I hatched an egg, and it was Rylu, which is the pre-evolved version of Lucario. And I'm sitting on my couch like, oh, my God, yeah! And my girlfriend's next to me playing Sims like, are you okay? Like, what's going on? And I was like, I You don't know what just happened! <laughs> That I was like, I'm like right on one gym before the Elite Four. So I just trained the crap out of him in Victory Road and was like, let's go. I'm taking you to the Elite Four and we are going to win this together. (laughs) I'm going to solo the Elite Four with this Lucario that I just got. I will say, just for your, um, Cynthia in this game is like, battle ready like they have her with like items like shit is stacked oh man she is a she is a challenge oh, in this game i can't wait i cannot it's wait so good it's so, so good excited. yeah I love now this. that we've uh now that we've gotten you excited to <laughs> hop off and play some pokemon let's talk about your music <laughs> that we can do i'm good i'm good at that 
So just tell us a little bit about uh, how you got your start in music. Um, I've been in music for, let's see, I'm 26, and I started playing drums when I was eight. So that's like what? I don't know. I can't do math. I can. I only do math at work. <laughs> we that's covered like, that earlier. <laughs> yeah, <same> yeah. <laughs> Someone else so, could do it. You keep going. <laughs> I started playing drums at eight, and then in eighth grade, I started playing guitar. And by the time that I was in high school, I was like, all right, you know, I'm a pretty good guitarist. Let me join an orchestra and I'll play guitar in the high school orchestra. But I didn't realize because I wasn't that musically intuitive. I didn't know that guitars weren't really in orchestras. So they made me pick up upright bass. And I was like, all right, this is cool. I can, like, this is funky. I like this because I'm a huge funk fan. So bass, I like, I made fun of bassist, but was secretly a bassist. And like, nobody knew about it. Um, so then my sophomore year, I joined jazz band as the guitarist, but I sucked. Um, like I was really bad because I did not practice. The only thing I did was learn songs. So I could be, I was really good at playing slash songs, but that was it. I didn't know scales. I didn't know music because everything that I knew musically was from drums and from playing bass. So everything that I knew was bass clef. So when she threw me on the treble clef, I did not care and I did not know what was going on. And I, my favorite teacher ever was Mr. North, who was the jazz band teacher, who was like, look, you are not nearly as good as you said you were. So you have to be <laughs> yeah, like you. You have a lot of learning to do. So he put me in the back and I was so angry. I was so mad because I thought I was the shit. I was like, I'm the coolest person ever. How could you do this to me? So I didn't do jazz band junior year and was like, fuck you, Mr. North. Like, you don't get the coolest person in school. Um, and then joined senior year after sitting with guitar for literally like the next year and a half in between when he told me that I sucked and joining again senior year. And he was like, okay, all right, you took what I said to heart. I'm sorry, but good job. <laughs> you, you now get to, and I got to be jazz band president and the lead guitarist. So I was like, I, that was the moment that I learned that if somebody tells me that I can't do something and that I suck, that out of spite, I'm going really <laughs> going to try really hard to do it. <laughs> I feel like spite is a powerful motivator. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Spite is low key the way to get things done. A thousand percent. That is how I live. <laughs> Someone's like, "Oh, Tim, you can't do this," and I'm like, "Oh, that's what you <laughs> thought. Guess what? Right now, I'm get back do to it. me in a week." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, what was that learning process from originally picking up drums to? Um, you know, eventually picking up the guitar and the bass in between. Was there things and traits that carried over or was it completely different, um, completely different training and a completely different uh, cycle of learning? I definitely have a tendency to play each instrument the same. Okay. And what I mean by that is my approach is very funky. I'm, I'm ups like my favorite genres of music are like funk, hip hop, soul and jazz so everything that i've tried to do since i've started learning was like oh all right i want to be jazzy and funky so i only focused on those aspects so once i started playing guitar and realizing that other people you know like tosin abasi and different funk guitarists um like joe walsh and people like mark Knopfner from the dire straits you know that they use their fingers and play i'm like oh my god i could play bass on guitar and it just really unlocked a whole different world for me because then I found uh, John Mayer and he has this song called Neon, 
which is like the craziest acoustic instrumental that I've ever heard. Not actually. It's just to hear him play it and sing it is wild. Um, and that really introduced me to being able to play the blues scales in a different format because like John Mayer, you go to his concerts and 90% of the fan base is there are, you know, middle-aged women. But then that there's that 10% of people who are just like, I really want to see John Mayer play guitar because he's amazing. Like he's one of my favorite guitarists from our generation, just because of his skill set. Like he sat in his room and just did nothing but play guitar. And you can tell because he is a virtuoso. So learning about his style was like, okay, I could take this from guitar and apply it to bass. And um, once I started doing other things like rapping and singing, like uh, my keyboardist, she'll say that when I play guitar and do solos, it sounds like I'm rapping. And she's like, you rap the way that you play guitar and you play play guitar the way that you rap. So I have a tendency to just do everything in my own weird format. I mean, I think, I think that's really interesting because to me, it sounds less like you have a genre or something that you're in and you have like a defining characteristic to your music. That's definitely one of my goals as an artist and as I develop my sound, because the most important things when it comes to music to me is that there's a message and that you get a feeling and then it makes you want to groove. <laughs> um, so I like to mix the funk, the jazz, <coughs> the little bit of R&B that we do, and then the hip hop aspect of me rapping while playing guitar. So it's like if you come to one of our shows, you're not really going to know what the fuck's going on. Because it's like we're going to go from me playing Voodoo Child to me rapping one of my songs to us playing a Pink Floyd cover. So it's like what the fuck is going on? And it's just like... So I have so many different influences that I try to bring into everything that I do and make sure that like I show appreciation to everyone that made me do what I do now. But even with all that variety in the show, it seems like there's the cohesive element of your style of music and how the rapping and translates to how you play guitar, how um, everybody's playing your instruments together. Um, was that something that you envisioned when you started playing shows and kind of developing that set? Yes and no. Um, I always knew that I wanted to be a frontman of a band, and I always knew that I wanted to kind of mix rock and hip-hop because I'm a huge Rage Against the Machine fan. Um, so when I discovered them, I was like, holy shit, like, you can rap over guitar. Because, like, there's songs like... Um, Bring the Noise by Public Enemy and Anthrax or Run DMC's version of Walk This Way, where it's like they they bridge the gap, but Rage Against the Machine bridged the gap on every single song. Like Tom Morello's guitar playing was phenomenal and beyond understanding at that age to me, where it's like, how can he be playing metal to a certain extent while somebody else is rapping? Like, it just made no sense to me. So growing up and divulging in what I wanted to be my sound, I was like, those are the two main elements that I want. I want the funk rock of Rage Against the Machine with their musicality, but also, you know, like the live show of Pink Floyd. So it's just goes back to me being 
you know, hyper fixated on all of my obsessions and all of my influences being like, everybody that I like needs to come out and everybody needs to know, like, when I play a show, like, this is what it all came from. Because music is a language that everybody can understand. And, you know, language is something that's passed down through generations and generations. And it's like, people won't know about Pink Floyd 50 years from now unless we make sure that people know about Pink Floyd 50 years from now. The same way that, you know, if I ever get to that level, people aren't going to know me 50 years from now unless there's somebody out there that likes me the way that I like Pink Floyd. So if I don't put everything into my music the way that all of them put everything into their music, then what's the point of even making music? It's an interesting, interesting way to think about it. And I think that kind of touches on earlier you said um, you want your music to have meaning. And I think this is sort of meaningful for you in a way. And I think it's kind of um, like cultural meaning, it seems like. Is there anything else like in terms of meaning or like themes and things of that nature in your music that you're like focused on? Or is it more this kind of bigger picture? Okay, this is how I'm going to answer this. Um, When it comes to the meaning within my music, it's very important that the things that I care about are brought out into everything that I say. Um, I'm very big on words and things like the law of attraction. So I also believe it's very important that people like, you know, listen to good music, something that has high vibrations that, you know, can make you feel something, as I said earlier. And I'm not being like, oh, you know, you can't listen to sad songs. Like, hell yeah, if you're sad, go listen to a sad song because the musical vibrations of that song might make you feel better. The lyrics might not, you might end up crying, but sonically, your brain's going to accept that and be like, wow, this just made me feel better. So it's like, you know, I rap about things about like, you know, one of the things that pisses me off the biggest in the world because I have three sisters and, you know, was raised by a woman is the pink tax. Um, so like the fact that women have to pay more for razors and deodorant and stuff like that is like crazy to me. So I mentioned that in a couple songs and, you know, like government corruption bothers the hell out of me. Systematic racism, like it's important things that I feel aren't talked about enough in music because, you know, like I was just having a discussion the other day with one of my coworkers about the importance of music. And it's like when the Rodney King stuff was going on in the 90s. The number one song on the radio was Fuck the Police. But in, you know, 2000, the early 2000s when Katrina hit, the number one song on the radio was Lollipop. Like, Lil Wayne, you're, you're from New Orleans, bro. You're from, you're from down south where the stuff is happening. And you're not even being like, hey, maybe we should do this for the community. Like, that's what rap was you know originally created for hip-hop as an acronym stands for higher infinite power healing our people and that's what you know originally was the point of hip-hop like even songs you know like fuck the police where people listen to it and they're like oh my god like this is bad because if you listen to it like it's pretty bad like the way that you know ice cube and all of them go about it isn't the best way but the message behind it you know makes sense and then you know i just want to be able to take things like that and do it in an important way where it's like you know there's better ways of saying fuck the police than saying fuck the police for a, a, a lack of a better term that i can't <laughs> yeah, find yeah, right yeah. Now. <laughs> <laughs> haven't found it yet but uh yeah. 
It's in the works. It's in the works. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. So your most recent single, um, Hustle Hunting, came out in 2022. Sorry, I forgot what year we were in for a second. Um, That's all right. so- <laughs> Time's a concept to me. <laughs> Time's not real anyway. Um, so tell us a little bit about uh, the writing and recording process of that song and some of the inspiration behind it. So the writing process is actually pretty funny. Um, my car was dead. So I had to take the bus to work and I was not a happy camper. Um, I'm I'm very angry when I don't have my car. <laughs> so um, I got the beat from my friend TJ and I could not think of anything for it at all. And I was stuck in this writer's block because work was stressing the hell out of me. Um, I had some really crappy roommates that were living with me and my girlfriend at the time that were just making our lives hell. Like I was just like, I'm I, like, life sucks, but it's cool because I can smoke weed and go to work and I'll be fine. Like, I'm gonna just keep doing what I do. So I'm listening to the song on the bus. Um, my boss won't hear this, so I can say this. I had smoked before work. <laughs> and I'm sitting on the bus, and I'm listening to the beat. And I can't remember who it was, because I had no clue who the person actually was. It was just somebody on the bus. But they had said something along the lines of, like, you know, like, at least I have a job. Getting slow money's better than no money. And I'm like, yo, you, you preaching. You are preaching right there. And it was just like a switch had hit. And I was like, okay, boom. So by the time that I got to work, the song was done. Wow. That's yeah. wild. <laughs> Which is like a 45-minute bus ride from Upper Darby to Holmes. That's a speedy, that's a speedy yeah. songwriting session. When when I'm in the zone, I'm in the zone. So it's like I can get songs done either really fast or really slow. <laughs> I was just about to say, is that like normal for you for like um, getting Not. songs done like under an hour, <laughs> like having the writing finished? Or is it normally like a little bit more of a process? Uh, when it comes to features and just like single verses, I'm so good under pressure. Um, I'm going to say like at least 80% of the songs that I've done with other people have been in the moment of me getting into the studio and writing the verse. Um, I did do a whole project with one of my friends, The Taste of Vomit, where him and I sat down and wrote the whole entire thing together. So that's really right now the only project. That, oh, wait, no, I also did uh, a, pro- a couple songs with my friend Gemini. And we wrote those songs together. But everything else was basically like me going into the studio with who I was recording the song with and just being like, all right, let me catch the energy in the room. Here's my verse. Here's what I'm doing, laying it down. And then boom. When it comes to my songs, though, um, I put in way too much perfectionism and effort. (laughs) So there's like, you know, like six different versions of each one song that I have. And then we have the band versions of the songs that are usually like based off of a little tiny section of the beat of the of the track. And then the band just breaks off and does what we do and, you know, funkify it. So what does your collaboration uh, look like when you do these projects with other artists? You know, you said you sat down and wrote the project together. What's that collaboration process? Um, So. For that specific one, I have a rehearsing studio in my basement. 
it's not like a, it's a basement, so it's not like a studio, but you know, I have a drum set set up. I have the speaker set up. I have everything that we need to just be able to hang out, listen to the actual beats, come up with concepts together and decide what we're going to do. And that's exactly what the taste of Ahmed and I did was we would sit there, listen to the songs and be like, all right, you know, there's these specific topics that we both talk about. What do we want to bring to the table specifically for this project? Like, um, one of the songs off the project, the project's called Chasing Nostalgia. So it's basically all about, you know, the idea of nostalgia and old feelings. And one of the songs is called Dialogue. And our idea for that was to talk about things that aren't normally talked about in hip hop, like, you know, depression and the ideas of self-harm and, you know, the ideas of like, just kind of growing up and being like, what is life? And just different things that aren't, talked about um we have another song called far side which is literally like talking about us and things that we used to do when we were like 15 and my whole entire verse is about like just me hanging out with my friends being stupid and now i'm 26 being like wow i really did all of this shit like (laughs) i was crazy who let me out of the house why didn't my parents ground me more (laughs) so we literally just we sat i have crazy lights because i'm obsessed with lights and the ideas of like specific lighting you know sparking creativity so we're just sitting downstairs listening to the beats bouncing ideas back and forth uh me and him also like we would sit there and freestyle so we would try to come up with flows what are my favorite song on the whole entire um project which it's funny because i can't even remember the name of the song now um, is a back and forth between both of us where it's like he does eight bars and I do eight bars, then he does four bars and I do four bars, and he does two bars and I do two bars. And the breakdown writing process of that, I probably took about like four days. Like it was over the span of a couple of weeks, but the time all together was like four days all together of us being like, how are we going to mathematically break this down word for word? Because our flows are so different to where it's like he has more of a chill slowed back cadence where his four bars would fit four bars to where I like to say a lot of words. So my seven bars, I could fit into four, just the way that I spit and how fast I go sometimes. So we would have to sit down and he was teaching me how to break down words into bars because I can understand it when it's musical notes, but when it's actual words and I'm having to figure out the pronunciation of how I'm going to say it, it was very frustrating because when I don't do things right the first time, I'm like, Argh! so it was nice to have someone who's been doing this a lot longer than me because I've only been rapping for three years now and he's been rapping for like eight. So, you know, he can teach me different breathing techniques that I don't know because I'm a guitarist. <laughs> so, but it was definitely, definitely a fun process with him. So we were just talking a little bit about like collaboration and music and we know that you are the founder of uh, Altruistic Vision. So tell us a little bit about that, how you started it, what the collective is and um, maybe what you're like looking to, to do with the collective. So Altruistic Vision started as just a name and it was my rap name. Um, so the meaning behind the name is very specific because as a lyricist, I'm very big on words and I'm big on the importance of words. So I don't like altru- altruism is like, you know, an act of selflessness, like doing something in the act of selflessness. And I don't like the words self and less 
near each other. So when I was trying to think of a name, I was like, oh, altruistic vision. And like, it was, you know, way more complicated than that because I didn't know altruistic was a word at first. So I had to look up synonyms for selfless and like meditate on what would be important and like what would be, you know, a fitting word. And I heard altruists in, uh, I think it was a Joey Badass song. And I was like, yo, what's that word? So then I found it and I was like, holy shit. So um, I went through a different, a couple of different names with it. It was like, you know, I was professor altruistic. I was the altruistic vision. Um, and then, you know, I decided to start a collective one day when I was sitting with one of my friends who originally started it with me and was like, you know, like this would be a lot easier if we had a team of people, like we all want to do this. Why don't we all just do it together? Um, so I was kind of like the leader and the mastermind behind it. So I got all of my friends together who did music and was like, this is what we're going to do. Here's the plan. Um, and it started with, you know, just us doing shows together and us, you know, performing and coming up with music together and writing and just kind of making sure that everybody was, you know, doing the things that they said they wanted to do. And it became something, you know, just way bigger than I thought it was going to become because it went from, you know, being a couple different artists to now we have a band and like, it's just, it's crazy to see the growth of what was just something that was just a high idea actually happen because uh, I was a touring guitarist beforehand. Um, and I had just left Long Island in what was like a terrible, not terrible music, musical experience. Like the shows were awesome. It was fun to perform. It was great, but like musically and, you know, just chemistry wise with the band, it just wasn't the best. So I wanted to be able to, you know, having the fun that I was having up there with my friends at home. Um, and, you know, now it's like, it's crazy because everybody that I started it with, with the exception of one person is gone. And we have a whole entire new team of people that it's like, so the collective itself is me, uh, one of my artists, Charisma, my other artist, Courage, and my other artist, Leo. And then it's ran by my girlfriend, Kate. She's our COO, our photographer, our social media manager. Um, she does our t-shirts and our sweaters. So she's like technically our designer. <laughs> um, she basically does like, she's the whole entire business side of it. Like I'm the music and the vision and I'm like, here's what I want. And then she makes everything happen. Um, so we also have uh, a kind of like a stylist who picks out all of our clothes, who's actually also one of the background singers in our band. Um, and then the band consists of me as the guitarist, one of our other artists, Courage, as the keyboardist. We have a saxophone player, a bassist, and then a bunch of friends of mine play drums. So like depending on what show we're doing, depends on which drummer I'm calling. Um, and... It's it all started because I hate the music industry and how it's set up and how people treat artists. And my end goal is to I have a bunch of end goals, but my main end goal is to create a label that lets the artist get 100 percent of their masters and everything that they work for. Um, you know, I have smaller ideas and smaller things that I want to do, like I want to build a venue in Delaware County where we can host our open mics because we throw open mics every month 
So that way, you know, Delaware County artists have somewhere to go and perform because if you're not in a band, you can't really play anywhere around here. Or if you're not a solo acoustic act, you can't really do anything. So, you know, it's hard for hip hop artists, R&B artists, or just solo acts that aren't within the realm of just doing acoustic stuff to do shows around here. So I want to be able to build my own venue to where we can host our open mics and I can rent it out to other artists who want to host their own shows. And then, you know, have a recording studio also within that. So that way the artists in Delaware County have an affordable studio because it's like everything that Philadelphia has, Delaware County can have. We just need the people that Philadelphia had to do it. And, you know, I just am hoping that I can be one of those people. That's that's how you get stuff started, <laughs> right? You have an idea, you have a few ideas and you're you're already putting the work in to get that stuff going. So yeah, this shit's hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it sounds like you have a, a solid group and a solid team, you know, to get everything going. Oh yeah, definitely. Everybody works hard as shit, especially like when it comes to the shows, like when we have a show, we are practicing like five times a week. You know, we're all adults with jobs. So people like, you know, really underestimate the power of practice because we sit there we'll go to work you know and then everybody's still coming to my house 7 30 till like 11 four days out of the week before we have a show that day so it's like um here's an example of like you know a show month for us this past month we've done four shows as the band so we spent two weeks before the one show having rehearsal four times a week and then we have two more shows where it's like four times a week we're doing rehearsals. So it's like, it's a lot more than just, you know, sitting, writing songs and, you know, just putting them out. Like it's the practice that goes into it because I am so hard on all of them. Cause I'm like, we have to have a damn good show. And it's like, I, like I think I'm hard on them and they're like no you're fine you're fine and then like I talk to other people who are in bands and they're like you guys have practiced like four times a week two weeks straight and I'm like yeah and they're like wow that's a lot and like I remember I told our bassist that who just joined and he was like really you guys do that I can't wait to do that and I'm like okay, maybe I am crazy because you're excited for that. <laughs> that so like, so what's wrong with me? <laughs> what's wrong with me? What's wrong with you? What are we doing here? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, like, then we play the shows and we sound kick-ass. And I'm like, all right, that was worth it. That was great. Yeah. I'm proud of all of you. Like, everybody works so insanely hard to do everything that we all can to make, you know, altruistic vision what it is. So I'm very grateful to have everybody that is with me now. So tell us a little bit about how you kind of connected with some of these people. Like you said, not everyone who was there at the beginning is there now. So tell us a little bit about um, how you've expanded and how you've kind of met some of these artists or other members of this collective. So the original lineup was me and like a bunch of my best friends who were all my stoner buddies who would sit at the house and freestyle. Like we used to have rap battle tournaments at the house every weekend where everybody would get together and we'd be like, all right, here's, here's the verses of the week. Like, here's what we're doing. Um, so after, you know, everybody started leaving and 
you know, I started actually being open to letting other people come. Um, the only person who was originally with us that is still with us is Charisma, who I went to high school with. And she's like my older sister. I've known her for like 12 years and we were in the plays together. So she's always just been a part of my life and down for the ride. Um, her friend, Courage, actually did a show with Charisma. And that's when I was like, all right, maybe I will be willing to let somebody else outside of the group join because like that was really fucking good. Um, so then she came and then our other artist, Leo, is my ex-brother-in-law. <laughs> And I have known him since high school, and he is one of my favorite people ever. And I've always kind of tried to push him to do music shit, but he was always a baby about it. So then when we finally became adults and he was back into it, I was like, let's fucking go. Like, listen to everything I say, and I got you. Um, and then as far as, like, Kate's my girlfriend, so that's, that's, that's kind of obvious how she got in this but she was actually a part of it before she was my girlfriend and then once she became my girlfriend it was like and everything just made like a million times more sense and we were able to get like so much more done because like once she became my girlfriend she was totally cool with telling me to shut the fuck up and like to not do things and not like it's not like she was actually being like hey shut the fuck up she would just be like you cannot say that and I'd be like all right when you were my friend you couldn't tell me what to do but now you're my <laughs> girlfriend and you're telling me what to do so it definitely makes sense so like her on the business aspect just made everything so much easier because i just am terrible with talking and just don't give a shit so i'm just like if somebody says some dumb shit i'm gonna be like that's stupid as hell and she will say that in the professional aspect <laughs> like she's she's one of the best talkers that i know so it's, and she's an amazing businesswoman. She's incredibly smart. And the way that she just helps with everything is just fucking top notch. I could not do anything without her. Um, and then our stylist is the good Juju, who was also brought to me technically by Charisma and Courage because he is friends through them. Um, who else is there? Johnny, who is our bassist, um, we met at a show. But the crazy part is, is I know his parents and I didn't know that I knew his parents until after we started talking because his band plays at a show that I wanted to play at. And he was like, oh, my God, like, I got to talk to my parents and I could get you into this show. Like, or he didn't say talk to his parents. He's like, I got to talk to some of my friends and I can get you into this show called Yachtstock. And I was like, oh, like, I know the people who throw that. And he was like, oh, who do you know? And I was like, Rose and John. And he was like you know my fucking parents? And I'm like, <laughs> I know your parents. Like, and it was like, it was cool as shit because before I, went on, before I went on tour in Long Island, I was playing open mics as a guitarist for a bunch of different bands. So I was just a hired gun going to random bars, filling in with cover bands. And I played a show with his parents. And I was <laughs> like 20 at the time. So I was a really good guitarist, but I wasn't what I am now. And they were like, we cannot wait to see you when you're older because you're going to be a fucking monster. And then Johnny was like, yo, I went to go see this band, Altruistic Vision, and this kid Tim was playing on guitar. And they're like, oh, they're like, that's cool. Like, hmm. And then he was like, yeah, it was like Tim Jones. And they're like, Timmy? wait a second. They're like, Timmy Jones? <laughs> Do you mean Timmy? And like, he's like, no, 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 it's Tim, it's Tim, it's Tim. And they're like, no, no, no. So then he shows them a picture and they're like, oh, my God. <laughs> Timmy got a beard. <laughs> <And I'm> like, <laughs> so I'm just like, 
yes like that is that is how they know me he was like they didn't know you as tim and i'm like lots of people don't like <laughs> <laughs> lots of people don't I, like so then they came to see us at a show that we were playing together and they're like what this shit like it was it was just a crazy full circle moment and then our saxophonist used to come see our shows and we would hang out with her and smoke with her after the shows and she was awesome she's a really great person um, she's an activist in the community and she's a fucking genius. And she was actually, um, she was in the army and worked in different law offices in the army. So she told me that she played saxophone and I'm the type of person where it's like, if you tell me that you have a talent, I'm going to make you use it. So I'm like, what the fuck do you mean you play saxophone? And why aren't you playing saxophone with my band? <laughs> I think that if you put your mind to it, anybody can do anything within, you know, the laws of physics and gravity and scientific law <laughs> um so it's like one of the main reasons that i'm in music like i said earlier is out of spite and i've had a lot of people in my life be like oh you can't do anything with music nothing's gonna happen and i'm like you know everything that i've said that i've ever was going to do i've done with the exception of get a grammy so like once i get a grammy <laughs> yeah, then you it's, still then got it's, you got plenty of time yeah, exactly like, like you're I'm on the like, way like, i've released like five songs like five six like give me like a hundred and then they'll be like oh that kid's about something and then then like give me like five years if i don't have a grammy in five years then maybe i'll stop but probably not because <laughs> yeah, in five years you'll be bringing the music to delaware county with your venue and you know exactly that's doing like, your open mics and no it'll be great yeah, the open mics have been really fun. That was something that I never thought that I would do, but makes complete sense because I've technically been doing it for years um, from like throwing the open jams before I moved to Long Island. So now it's just full circle and awesome to be like, oh, it's my shit. Like, and it's like a lot of the music stuff that I have has been given to me from people who are just like, oh, I don't use this anymore and I believe in what you're doing. So here, like the... Uh, my one of my guitar teachers who used to throw open jams gave me his whole entire like studio setup. So, you know, I have his PA system, I have his speakers. And then um recently one of my uh other mentors had passed away and his wife gave me his, you know, like his bass rig setup that he used to play for live shows. And then like mic stands and chords and pedals and like all this other stuff that she's like, you know, you're doing stuff, you can use this here. So it's like really meaningful to have all of this stuff from like so many people who I've cared about and cared about me and being able to put it to constant use. Yeah. It, it sounds like all you need is a building. Yeah. Honestly, that's like all I need. <laughs> you have all of the equipment, you have the people, you like, I can build the have stage. the vision. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You have I the can skills. build the stage myself. Wow, you just need a building. That's kind of, yeah. that's kind of crazy. You're on your way. That's like I should I should go to investors, but I'm not good at talking, so I gotta give the pitch to Kate and send her. <laughs> I was like, gonna say, bring Kate. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's really awesome. Super excited to see where all of it goes. Honestly, because you. You. you have a lot of big ideas, and I'm uh, like, I think we're both here for for all of it. What's what's next for Tim Jones? What is next for you in terms of music? Is there anything that you're working on releasing? Anything we can look forward to? 
um, I have a lot of big plans and I make like, I, I'd like to say that I have delusions of grandeur, but they're not delusions because I like to make things happen. Uh, goals are just dreams that have been written down. So it's like, I have an album that I'm working on called Hustling and Cussing because I work a lot and I cuss a lot. Um, and like the whole premise of the album is my own concept album of a couple days at work. And then the way that the band has formulated my songs, we do all of the songs off of Hustling and Cussing live but we don't use the tracks. We revamped them and made them into our own versions. And, you know, it's like I'm playing guitar on what is a hip hop beat. And, you know, it's like with having a keyboardist and a saxophone, we're able to blend different sounds and different voicings to make it cooler. So after I'm done recording this album and releasing that, we're going to release a live album version of the band songs. So then after that, that's when I'm going to start focusing on other projects that I have. Because, like, I'm a huge fan of wrestling. Uh, so a friend of mine and I are going to work on a wrestling project where all of the songs are based off of, like, specific catchphrases or moves or wrestlers. And we're going to try to dive into, like, the deepness of the world and make it, like, to where the surface level is cool and funny and, you know, everybody's going to laugh at the wrestling references, but when you break it down and go underneath it and understand like what we're actually talking about it, that's what opens it up and makes it the actual project. Are you for that? Okay. Now, I don't know if you thought about it or yet. Are you going to make your own wrestling personas for that project? Yes. I will answer that for you because I like, that is one of the main reasons why we decided to work on it is because um, I have WWE 2K. <laughs> so I have my actual wrestlers on there and I'm going to my, so I'll just tell you guys who it is. I'm bringing back professor altruistic and he's going to be my wrestler. Nice. And uh, my friend TJ is the one who's going to be doing the project with me. And he hasn't told me what his, what his name is yet, but um, I'm very excited to find out because he's he's funny as shit. His rap name is TJ Foreplay, and his stick is like my name's a joke, but I'm not because he's he's killer. He's really good. Um, so he's also a very very huge wrestling fan, and we sit there and like just text wrestling jokes to each other sometimes. Like we haven't in a while because I haven't talked to him in a while because I'm like I need to focus on this stuff and then we'll get to that. Um. But he's he's just funny as shit. So having him is going to push me lyrically and also give me that comedic relief that like I need within it. Again, definitely looking forward to um, both of those projects. I guess all three kind of the the one, the live and the wrestling. The first two will definitely be out within this year. I'm hoping to have the first one out within the next like month and a half. And then the second one, however long it takes to record a live band. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, like, with the amount of shows that we play, I'm like, I don't know when I'm going to have time to record. Because the first album has been put on delay since I've started Altruistic Vision three years ago. So it's like, it's been a while. Again, you got plenty of time. <laughs> yeah. There's right. no no timeline. <laughs> All that'll happen in that period of time is you guys will get better anyways. Yeah, which like is crazy because the reason I've rewritten so many songs is because I feel like I get better every day. So I'm like, oh no, this sucks. Now I got to change this and I can't just let anything go. 
getting better every day. That's a, a blessing and a curse, I suppose. <laughs> For any writer and musician, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, once again, looking forward to everything that you've got coming out. Um, Sydney, do you have any other questions for Tim Jones? So where can we find and follow you online and listen to all of your music? You can find all of my music on Spotify under the name Tim Jones. You can follow me on Instagram at the underscore Tizza, which is spelled T-Z-A, which is like a playoff of the RZA and Jizza from Wu-Tang Clan because they're my, Jizza's like one of my favorite rappers. Number one changes every day but he's one of the main inspirations behind everything that I do when it comes to rapping. Um, and then you can follow the Altruistic Vision page at A-L-T-R-U-I-S-T-I-C underscore vision. I had to think about that for a second. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, once again, uh, Tim Jones, thank you so much for being on with us today. It has been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank you guys so much for having me. This was an absolute blast. I had so much fun. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Little Known Tracks. If you or a loved one want to be featured, send us an email at littleknowntrackspodcast at gmail.com. Also, feel free to follow us over on Twitter and Instagram at LKTPod for more information about the podcast when episodes come out and occasionally giveaways and things of that nature. Thank you again for listening. See you next week.